Today's guest is Sancha Marshall, and I have followed Sancha's journey as an artist for maybe the past, I don't know, six or seven years maybe, and it's been such a beautiful thing to watch. She's really blossomed and stepped into her, I don't know, God-given gifts as an incredible artist, but it hasn't been without an element of mental health challenges. And postnatal depression, which we talk about today, is something that affects so many women. Motherhood can be so isolating and lonely. I know for me that first year was, whoa, out of control. I felt so alone, so depressed, so anxious. And creativity can be a tool for us to help to connect back to ourselves in those times where we feel like, We're just a cow, you know, feeding a baby and we lose our sense of self. Creativity can be a way to come back to that. So let me introduce to you Sancha Marshall. Creativity, self-expression and feelings. Creativity, self-expression. And Billy! Make some noise, 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 make some noise. It's a podcast. Okay, let's hear it. So I've been following Sancha's art journey, I guess, for maybe like the past five or six years online. And It has been a beautiful thing to watch, an unfolding of an artist, really, and her work is stunning. And also there's a few little crossovers here because I know that uh, Sanch has experienced depression throughout her life and has struggled with that and used creativity as a tool for expression. So that was the primary reason for uh, exploring this. But I also want to explore the journey as, you know, coming into being an artist because so many of us like have these little things that we tinker on around the side and tell ourselves that, oh, I'm not an artist. Where (laughs) like, so, you know, like exploring what, where that line is where we go, okay, I'm an artist. Because this is something that I've struggled with myself over the years not really being a painter or, you know, particularly great in that kind of creative outlet, but giving myself permission to be an artist as, you know, even though I'm a voice artist, <laughs> like that's yeah. actually my day job, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but actually <laughs> allowing myself to fall into that role of like not being the entrepreneur who's pushing and hustling, but actually stepping into a place where, yeah, you know what, it's okay for me to be an artist and just create for the for the enjoyment of creation. Yeah. So let's dive into you, Sanch, and if you can tell us, I guess where I'd like to start this is exploring as, like, I like to go right back into our childhood because I feel like often there's, like, little keys and stuff in there. So when you were a child, number one, were you super creative? I think I already know the answer to that one. But number two, how was creativity valued in your family? Did you grow up with artist parents or was there any major influences there that have helped you yeah. stay in that artist place? 
Yeah, so probably my earliest memory of art was my um my great grandfather was an artist. So like all around my grandma's house I always remember all his paintings and just talking to him and he'd talk about his art. So that was probably my very first memories and then you know he died when I was quite young. But then I've always had like original art and things like that around me and I was actually trying to remember back you know what were my first memories of art and my mum used to be on the phone and she would you know do these like kind of what you would call like zen doodles or like the mandalas she would do these amazing you know things on the page just as she was talking to people so and I always remember like my grandparents' houses or people's houses by the art they had. <laughs> so I'd always say to people, oh, you know, remember this this painting my nan had? And other people would be like, no. <laughs> but yeah, I always seemed to kind of get lost in art. So yeah, it was always always a part of me. And when I was really young, um, my grandparents had a dairy farm. So the first time I remember trying to draw, I was just I tried to draw the farm because I thought it was beautiful. So I was trying to draw this landscape and I probably would have been about eight at the time. So, yeah, it's always been, I guess I don't remember not having a creative outlet. Yeah. Yeah. Have there been times where you maybe haven't given it the outlet that it requires? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And it's probably been through the really difficult times in my life when I haven't given it yeah, the time it deserves or place the importance on it that um, I know I should. <laughs> yeah. So what, like, I'm actually interested to know because I don't know a lot of your background. Mm. So what, you know, you went to school, maybe, yep. I don't know. <laughs> did you went to school? Yes, I did, I did go to school, yeah. Cool. So, um, <laughs> yeah, just usual school like everybody else, public and private. And, yeah. Um, um, I guess through my schooling and that, there was a lot of bullying like a lot of intense bullying and I always really struggled with self-esteem. So, you know, just, you know, there was stuff that happened with me and my best friend and we felt very isolated. So, you know, that kind of anxiety and depression side of things has been with me also for as long as I could remember. So, yeah, it's definitely been a, as I've become an artist, it's definitely been a process and a journey of working through all that and mm-hmm. kind of accepting it and, you know, just going, I'm not that, but it's a part of my journey. It's made me who I am. Yeah, totally. And so did you go from high school to uni? What was your career path? Yeah. Um, so my career path was um, I went from, I planned to go into fashion design. So um, when I was 14, I really liked what we were in New South Wales, we called home economics. And I really loved, you know, the sewing and drawing side of it. And I used to get, I don't know if you remember those big pattern books that they used to have at like Spotlight and places like that. And me and my best friend, we used to draw the figures out of those, of those books. And someone from the White House School of Fashion in Sydney came up and did a workshop and they were doing a giveaway for a week's um, summer workshop for all the girls. And I actually won that. So we had to do a drawing and then they chose, I think, two people. And so I actually won that and I went down and got to do a week with like this amazing class and, you know, just learning how to do fashion illustration. And that was kind of the start of it for me. I realized that, you know, wow, this is so fun and I really enjoyed it. So, yeah, from there I kind of went, yeah, this is what I want to do. <laughs> And then when I went through, um, you know, you get you go you do year twelve and all that, and you get your OP. 
I got a better OP than what I thought I was going to get. <laughs> and so, you know, being a chronic people pleaser, I kind of, everyone around me was saying, oh, you know, why do you want to do art? Why do you want to do fashion? You could do so much better than that. So I actually went to doing um, two years of early childhood teaching. Wow. Which was like, yeah, really bizarre. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. I did. Um, I started doing secondary teaching. Yeah. Because I didn't get the TER, I wanted to do media arts and I didn't get the TER for media arts. It's actually It actually went up the year that oh I God. went. Yeah. So it was like 50 or something the year before and the year I applied it went up to like 85, which my friends who wow. had all done science didn't even get that That's TER. Fine. And yeah. art was, um, I don't know if it's still the same, but it's art was, well. yeah, it was like you you couldn't make 85 That's it. doing yeah. art. So I I did one year of secondary teaching yeah, and I was like, oh, my God, this is so fucking not for me. <laughs> but then I managed yeah. to switch into art, media arts, yeah. which was cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was something similar. So with me, I, um, I did two years of teaching and I just went, what am I doing? Like I'm like, why am I doing this? Like I, I originally wanted to go to TAFE and do fashion, fashion design and illustration. So um, I think at the end of those two years, I ended up, I got married then. So quite young, but yeah, I got married and then, you know, that was sort of a process of moving away from home and I started to discover, oh, this is what I want and this is what I want to do. And after that first year, I actually went back and did fashion design. And I, um, as much as I love the illustration, there was no jobs in Brisbane for that. So I actually, I went into doing the pattern making side of it, which I worked in for a couple of years and then had kids. So ended up leaving that and, you know, the whole world of being a mother opened up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the, good, the good and bad that that brings. Mm-hmm. Now about yeah. that one. Yeah. And so then, then what, like, what was the catalyst for you to explore, you know, creating and painting and drawing? I guess it was probably, um, it was working with a coach and I think, uh, Nicole. Yeah. Rowan Hall. Yeah, yeah. So I was working with her and she actually, you know, I didn't really, I knew I wanted a business, but I didn't know doing what. So we were sort of exploring what I enjoyed and what I was good at and all of that. And it was in that time that I sort of went, I really love drawing. So she was just like, well, get some pencils and just play. So I just started drawing and I I went back to fashion illustration because that's what I sort of knew. And then I kind of felt like there was no soul in that though. There was, I'm like, there must be more to this. And then I signed up to classes. So there was, you know, I kind of had a, a beautiful teacher that guided me through the creative process and how to actually, I guess, think and be like an artist and create your artworks and be confident in doing that. Yeah. Cool. And so you just started kind of playing is that where it all yeah, kind of started? I, w- and- I would say, yeah, just to start. Okay, I, I remember one. It was actually, I just, I did, a, I painted a ballerina out of mud. Yeah, right. <laughs> so <laughs> I was just in the backyard, yeah, with the kids and I, I, I had a piece of paper and, yeah, I was just, I was just using mud because it was just, she said, just do unexpected things. And it was just, it was really about unlocking that fun and that play and letting go of any expectations that there were, like there wasn't a result I had to create. I was just doing it because I wanted to. <laughs> yeah, right. And so what did you learn in those early days? Like did, were, was there, I, I guess I'm asking, I'm trying to find the right way. Maybe I'll tell you a bit of um, background and then and then we can go from there. So 
for me, one of my one of my expressions that I've absolutely always loved was singing, uh, and really any creative expression. But singing <laughs> singing's a good example of this, right? So I always loved to sing, but I had such harsh judgment towards what I was creating. Uh, and yeah. so much high expectations on what I was going to, what, what the end result was going to be, you know, really mm. attached to a certain outcome. Yeah. And, and in fact, if I think about like just even just drawing and painting, it's the same thing. I have a picture in my mind and then I go to create it and it's, it's not like the picture in my mind. So then in comes like a really strong inner critic or, you know, whoever like basically yeah. beating myself up. So did did you experience that stuff or have you just like kind of been like, oh, that's really beautiful. Okay, cool. Um, no, definitely, definitely um, experienced that. It's probably been one of the biggest drivers for learning to draw that I've had because I'm like, like I still have images in my mind now that I can't quite create yet or I know I'm not good enough to create. So it was kind of like, okay, what can I do? What can I learn on YouTube or wherever that is to get better? <laughs> So, so it's actually um, been a learned thing. You've kind of like looked at it as learning a craft. Yeah, definitely. Yep. And still do. Yeah, that's so cool. So one thing that I wanted to explore with you um, was recently. So you had yep. taken on, I hope you're open to talking about this. I'm just going to yeah, throw it under the course. bus. Um, but you had recently <laughs> taken on a daily art challenge. Yeah. And um and came out strong, all guns blazing, creating the daily art, and then realize. Well, do you want to talk us through what happened with that process? Yeah, of course. So um, I've got uh, there's a couple of artist friends in the states and that, and they were kind of all like, "Oh, cool, let's do this." You know, they're full on like, "Let's do this daily thing." And I guess my initial reaction was, "Oh no, it's a bit much for me, probably." But you're like, oh no, no, you could do it. It'll, it'll be fun. You know, we're drawing every day anyway. It's sort of like, you know, it's not that much added pressure. But then, you know, the year starts, and I guess I've always felt with my art that I like it to be. It's a process, so it's. I like it to feel creative, and I like to feel like my. I guess my heart and soul's in it, and so I just. As I was starting out, it was there and that creativity was there. But as each day went on, it really felt like it got tight and it really felt like I'm just doing this because everybody's, everybody else is expecting me to do this and it didn't feel good. So it was just, I think I got like 28 days in or something and I just went, I've got to do this for another, you know, 11 months. And I just went, I don't think I can. <laughs> yeah, without strangling think- your creativity. Yeah, yeah. Like it was getting to the point that that's all I was doing. I was just um, doing that one for the day and then I didn't want to do anything else because it was just, I don't know, it was because I was starting my day with that. It didn't feel good. So it was really stifling. Yeah, yeah isn't it funny because I've um, I've taken on challenges like a writing challenge, like 750 words or, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. And I find that initially the creative juice is flowing and it's all yeah. kind of there. And then, yeah, there, there is this element of pressure that, which takes the enjoyment out of it. Yeah. And actually I feel like that can be a contributing factor to people not wanting to commit to turning their art into um, yes. a business because then they feel like their, you know, their creativity is being kind of strangled, strangled or yeah, absolutely. prostituted. I don't know what the word. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah. I'm just doing it for the money now, not the enjoyment. 
Yes. So uh, I want to like around that. I kind of want to explore like what what is your like what is your muse? What is your creative process kind of look like? Because it sounds like this was kind of maybe stifling that due to I don't know. I'm just kind of playing yeah. with ideas here, but it's like you know some people need to be inspired in order to create and. Yeah. And and that's the muse that allows them to create. Yeah. So what is your kind of process there? When when do you when does the inspiration hit? I guess that uh, like usually my inspiration might be from a song I listen to or um, poetry I read or something like that. And you might get an image in your mind, and then you know when I've got a slot of time, I'll just I'll just start working on that, and it might just be with sketches to start with. And then once I've worked with sketches, I'll start to make it bigger. And sometimes I've, I'll do that process though, and it will comp- turn out completely differently. So once I've got the background on, or I start to draw it, it'll I'll be like, oh, actually I don't feel like that's you know where it's going anymore, so I'll change it. So it's not really a I've got this image in my mind and that's exactly what it's going to end up like. It might be totally different. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So there's an we, element of going with flow there too. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And I and I like that about it. I guess it feels more freeing to do it that way. Yeah. I mean, I guess too, it, I've got like my acrylics that I do that are very different to the watercolours. So the watercolours are, you know, I often do have an image down first and then I'll put that in because – Sort of yeah. Once you, if you make a mistake, it's you can't fix it with a with the watercolor. Whereas with an acrylic, I kind of oh, you know I stuff that up. I can go over it. <laughs> so um, if I feel stuck, which I often do, I'll I might just grab two colors and just start you know splattering it on and spraying it with water and just you know creating this awesome background. And then I might put something over the top of it, and I find that really. Um, exciting. <laughs> yeah, cool. Not knowing where it's going. Yeah, totally. So, um the other the other element that I really wanted to talk to you about was the mental health piece. And I know you've experienced your fair share of mental health challenges along the way. Can we dive into that area? Yeah, of course. So, um like going back in time, when do you feel like was the was your first main kind of when did you first experience depression or mental health yeah. challenges? Um, when I first experienced anxiety, I was probably about nine or ten, and that was due to the bullying side of things. Yeah, it potentially could have been about then. I mean, I guess that it's hard to know the triggers or what it actually was at the time, but yeah, it was definitely feeling isolated, and maybe that was like a bit of an outlet or. Yeah. And so back then, what, what, like, how did you process? Even, I mean, you're a kid, you don't really have like the tool belt, but yeah. like, was creativity an outlet for you then? Yeah, definitely. I always used to draw, like, I'd always have a notebook or something that I would draw. I just like to create pretty things, I guess, back then. I could take an idea from here and put it onto paper. And I, I felt, I guess, that it made me. I've always had a saying, I guess, that when when the world doesn't make sense, my art always does. And even right back then, that's how I felt. It felt like art was a safe space and that I could create and draw and it was just all mine. It was something I had for me. And when it wasn't drawing, I mean, I would often, you know, do sewing or gardening. Like it's always, there's always been something there that I'd like to create something or make something, bring it to life. Yeah. 
So as an anxious child, which I totally relate to, um, from there, like when, when, when do you think was the first time you really experienced depression? Um, look, I don't really think I'd experienced depression probably until after my, my son was born. Like it, it was definitely like, you know, I didn't know it at the time, but it was a postnatal depression, which I was diagnosed later with. So, you know, I did have it with my first son and then I had it really intense with my second son and, you know, having a three-year-old and a new baby and then I'm going through this thing that I didn't really understand at the time. Like there wasn't anyone I could, I had around me or, you know, I I guess I didn't know to go and get it diagnosed and get help. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's very difficult to, uh, I I remember my diagnosis came during a pap smear of all things. Like I was just (laughs) at the doctor getting a pap smear and I just started crying and, you know, and it was, and she was like, what's, kind of what's going on yeah and yeah and then we just had a conversation and she was like this is classic clinical depression (sighs) and and I was kind of like oh taken aback because I hadn't even and then it was like I don't even know how long I've really been in this you know because you, you're in it and when you're in it, like. It doesn't, yeah. You, I just, Time and I space just doesn't thinking, really exist. <laughs> yeah. I just remember thinking that I was just not normal. I'm like, why am I like this? There must be, you know, I'm, I'm seeing women around me and they're not like this. So something's wrong with me, but I don't know what. Yeah. <laughs> I feel embarrassed to talk about it. And so was it ice, was it the, for, for me, the motherhood piece was definitely, um, or depression in motherhood was really about uh, feeling very isolated and yeah. very sleep deprived and yep. and not really, you know, before I'd had a certain level of control in my life and now I'm totally in free fall. I have no fucking idea what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, for you, was it, was that, was that a, a key piece to, to your depression or was it more? Because the other piece, I guess, in postnatal depression can be the not connecting with the child kind of piece. Yeah, which I don't feel I had that as much because I, I always felt like I connected with my kids. And um, but yeah, it was definitely the isolation and feeling alone and just you know that day to day feeling feeling like it day in day out and not really having an understanding of how to make it feel better. Mm. Or sometimes I found when I was in that place, I don't know if I wanted to make it better. It was just like yeah you kind of just don't yeah. have the will to live really do you that's it's it yeah just like... and you get all sorts of thoughts it's just a. it's it's re- actually probably quite a difficult time to be creative because <laughs> you yeah. really just don't don't feel like it yeah and was that obviously or, well not obviously but quite likely a time where you're so consumed by the the motherhood that there isn't time for those creative outlets that have kept your levels of overwhelm and, you know, anxiety and has have connected kept you connected to yourself. Yeah. Uh, there's not really, I imagine, a lot of space for you in that yeah. during those no. early days of two kids and No, absolutely. Like yeah, there wasn't much time at all. I guess by the time I was, you know, my husband just started a new job and I was, you know, at home with these two kids and, you know, I guess I was looking to all my friends going, they're all out doing these mother things, you know, making snacks, taking the kids to the park, which we would go to, but I just never felt like, yes. I Con- never felt connected in there. Yeah. I never felt like a part of it. Yeah. I, oh my God, I'm like, I'm so doing, I'm doing these things because everybody else is doing it. You know, all these invisible shoulds that we tell mm that we have that we should do in families and society (laughs) and we're just like 
but I just don't feel it. I'm not there. I'm not, you know, what's wrong with me? (laughs) Yeah, totally. I so relate to that. I remember, you know, yeah, going, well, first of all, I was also running a business while having the baby and, you know, the primary breadwinner. So I was really attached to my daughter needing to sleep because that was the time where I would work and she would only sleep 20 minutes during the day and 45 minutes through the night, like in chunks. And it was just, you know, so I was exhausted, anxious already, and still probably processing the birth. And, you know, that was kind of a traumatic birth. So it was like, you know, all all of this melting pot of shitness and then having to go and sit on a rug by the lake and sip a, a latte with people I, I've never met and we really yeah. don't have anything more in common than the fact we have babies yeah. at the same time. We're there because our kids are there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And they can't be friends because they're fucking newborns. <laughs> so it's like, you know, so you kind of, oh, and, and the anxiety and the depression makes you overthink everything. Yeah. So you're just consumed oh, yeah. in yeah. all your little world, all oh, these people don't like me or, you know, did I, I say the wrong thing? I don't Did belong I here. Did I say yeah. something embarrassing? Am I a dickhead? You know, all of yep. this kind of stuff is going on. Yeah. And you're just like in this tiny, it's like, I feel like it's like we're in this tiny little world and all of the world is all connected to each other. And we're just there yes. in this like solo little orbit of our shitness. Yes, that's exactly how I would yeah, describe it. <laughs> so fun times, really. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so talk to me through what happened for you during, because that is a really shit place to be. And yeah. I mean, the good news is most of the time it passes, right? And maybe not without us recognizing it and taking some action. So was the diagnosis yeah. really like your opportunity to go, oh, okay, so there's something actually here? Yeah. That's it. And it was something similar to you. I think it was a regular checkup at the doctor and I'd just been, I kind of knew something wasn't right. And I had just mentioned, you know, a bit about it and what was happening. And yeah, he, my doctor actually suggested that I go to a counsellor. And so I started seeing a counsellor, which didn't work out, but you know, as it sometimes doesn't, that's it. Yep. And um, I guess that was kind of the beginning of my journey into discovering so much about me so I guess it was like the start of a health journey for me Mm. plus the start of a mental health journey for me and understanding it and why it happened and I guess part of that was so that it didn't happen again (laughs) because there's you know I for a long time there was a fear of going back to that place yes once you're out of it you go gosh that really sucked I don't want to be there again (laughs) yeah and having having been in that place and then out of that place And, you know, and for me being in that place and then going on this journey to get out of it and actually then also sharing that with the world. So I had an online magazine called Think Beautiful and it was all about, you know, all the people who had helped me on my my journey. And now look at me, I'm in this really wonderful place. Um, But then going back into it and I've been back into it more than one time Yes. And and it's very easy to get into this place of fear of it, right? Because it's like, oh yeah, God. Because right. it's not fun. It's not a fun no. place to be. Yeah. But um, but it is always a bit of a gift. Yes, I would totally agree with that. Yeah. I think that I see it now as a bit of a um a reminder. I guess when I start feeling that way, I'm like, I can recognize it and I'm able to go, okay, well, you know, you look at your life as a whole and you go, what's actually going on here? And what do I need 
to do and you have your steps you take so that it doesn't head that way again. Yeah. So a lot of the time it is just recognising it. Totally. And it, I feel like it is one piece that isn't really talked about that much because, it, you know, let's face it, a lot of a lot of people have a solution for us to not feel like this anymore. Yeah. And it's often, and you know what, like full, full uh I know transparency here is for me, creativity is a piece of the puzzle that I'm exploring, right? But yeah. there are also so many other pieces of the puzzle. Like you were saying, oh, it was yes. also a health journey, right? Yeah, which was huge for me. Yeah. So that was about like moving oh. your body, feeding it good nutrition. What was yeah, that health so, piece? Yeah. So that was um, for me, it was um, seeing a nutritionist. And actually, uh, I actually like how I had full blood counts done, and just to just to work out, you know, what is happening there behind the scenes, and and I, am I supporting myself fully? So it ruled ruled out that piece of the equation, I guess. And just by doing that alone, things improved, you know, exponentially. It was kind of amazing. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like that that is the that is a key here, right? Like it is a big puzzle with a lot of different pieces. And there isn't just one magic cure for all. No, definitely. And, and it, I, it does show up differently for different people in different circumstances. So, yeah. Like, like I mean, if I had to list all my things, like I had homeopathy, acupuncture, nutrition, you know, and the list goes on. It's sort of, and at different times, you know, and, and as you had said, I, I've been back there too since. So I think like two years ago was like another time that I was really depressed and that anxiety came back and that sort of OCD behavior and stuff in my life. And and at that time it was like, you know, I saw a hypnotherapist. So it was, you know, seeking out what I needed at the time. And, I, and, and I've also like seen an art therapist since. So, it, yeah, it's yeah, working it, out. And it is, right, it is like it's almost like a bit of an experiment because what works one time, this is what I've learned through multiple experiences, is what worked for me the first time didn't necessarily work for me the second time. So yeah. I thought I had all the tools in the toolbox and, and then I went to pull them out and I was like, oh, fuck, this is different actually. Yeah. You know, the the moving my body piece isn't working and the nutrition piece isn't working this time around. You know, what is it? So each time there's like a, you know, every experience is different. And, in fact, mm. this morning I was just one of my friends who is, you know, a spiritual warrior. She's like really in tune with who she is, very honest, human, mm. and in, in the kind of spiritual space. And she had written a post uh, on Instagram about, um, you know, her, her just being in a depressed state and how yeah. in that place it just feels like this insurmountable mountain and mm. she's there and and she just got to keep going. She's just got to keep going until she gets to the top of the mountain and the and she can feel the wind on her face you know kind of post and and it was so interesting because people are so uncomfortable with other people feeling shit yeah and not being okay yeah. it's funny isn't it it yeah. is and so there were all these comments about depression equals deep rest and and I was like I don't understand this depression equals deep rest because for me it's never been about deep rest I actually am really good at honoring when I'm pushing too hard and taking space and all that kind of jazz. I'm not like yeah. one of those rushing women syndrome type Which people. Which I can relate to too, yeah. Yeah, so it's not <laughs> like it's never been about deep rest for me. Um, yeah. And and in fact, in each different time, it's been about something different. Mm. Yeah. 
So the first time, you know, was me about the suppression of my emotions, which I talk about a lot. It was like not just suppression of my emotions, but suppression of who I was. It was a real like living as this false self kind of game. (laughs) Yeah. And then the second time was about feeling isolated and alone and unsupported and out of control having a baby. Um, Oh, and there was also a time where I, you know, I experienced this big failure in my life. And so all the stories of failure and all the exercise in the world wasn't going to get me through that. So it's like each time it's, you know, some kind of different gift. So what have your gifts been in, in this journey? Um, I guess, yeah, talking about like, because first of all, there was the postpartum anxiety and that was my thing. Yeah, that thing. (laughs) To, To go through. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, from that, I think, you know, I had like homeopathy and, and it was all about, yeah, exploring and discovering what worked for me at the time. And then when I my daughter was born, I didn't have my anxiety that we were living through, but I had my son's. So that's when like we took him out of school and we started homeschooling as a family. And we had, you know, this um, six-year-old who I'd worked through my stuff, but I'm like, how, I, how do I do this with a child? So that was a completely different gift. You know, I was one of those people who said um, I'd never homeschool. I'm like, I, I couldn't do that. Whereas now I probably go, I couldn't not do that. <laughs> so that's been probably seeing my kids' creativity and nurturing that has been a massive gift to me. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. Huge gifts. So when it comes to your creativity today, how does it look on a day-to-day basis? I guess I still, I like to draw every day or do something creative. Like I'm often drawing with the kids or um, like I guess at the moment uh, what we were talking about earlier about having that, um, you know, turning your art into a career. Mm. So I've, I've signed up and I'm doing the art triple this year. So that's oh, wow. Been, that's cool. So, yeah, I, it's, it's been a huge mental thing for me. Yeah. Probably going to be more a mental thing than it's going to be being able to do the art because it's like I know I can do the art but it's like allowing that creativity to flourish within that kind of mm. pressured situation where you feel like you have to perform and you have to create something really amazing. <laughs> yeah. And so how are you How are you dealing with that at the moment? At the moment, I guess that's why I kind of stepped back from that challenge as well because I needed to, I've got to create this piece so I kind of have to move through it a bit quicker than what I would what I might allow myself otherwise and it was just getting back to that place where I guess you feel good in creating something and just um, taking the external pressure off mm. so each day it's like I don't have to create to please people I create because I need it for me and I know like my kids will often say to me mum you haven't drawn for a while you're a bit cranky can you like go paint something <laughs> And so often when I'm painting, it's when I'm happy. I've, I guess I've found myself in doing that. But sometimes it's just a little bit hard to start. <laughs> yeah. And I guess the magic piece is when you can create um, for the love of creation and for what it gives you. Yeah. And and be okay sharing. Because there is this piece where it's like when you're creating something, you know, as a, as a voiceover artist, I have kind of just gotten used to the rejection that 
you experience, right? So it's like you throw your name out there or you throw your audition out there and it's like the feedback is, you know, didn't like her. Yeah. And it's my voice, you know, it's like it's like <laughs> yeah, it's a you. little bit personal. Yeah. <laughs> um but you know yeah, but then but then just getting over that. So now I just show up and it's my voice and I just own that it's my voice and this is what it is. And if you don't like it, that's cool because somebody that's else will. Yeah. That's yeah. It. Yeah. But that, but that has been like a long process of coming to terms with that. So for you, how do you reconcile that in you? Like how like when it comes to are you just like is it just like a constant reminder to yourself that you're doing this, like with the Archibald Prize kind of thing too, on, on that front, having that external pressure there somewhat, I guess, invisible external pressure that doesn't really exist but it does in <laughs> yeah, our that's heads. Yeah, that we put on ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> that that yeah. invisible external pressure there. Um, how, how do you kind of reconcile that and keep moving through and keep making sure that the art is true to you? Um. I guess for me it does it does come back to playing. So like I'll have photographs of my Archibald sitter and I'll just I'll get an idea just from looking at the photographs and I'll just play with that. And and from playing with that, something will come out of it. And I'll go, That's really cool, I like that and I'll run with that. So yeah, it's just yeah, I think it's keeping it fun. Keeping it um light, would you call that, if mm. you can? <laughs> yeah. Unattached, fun, yeah. experimental. Yeah. 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 I like oh. to kind of get lost in it, I guess. Because that's yeah. what I've always loved about the art is that I feel free when I'm doing it. So I know when I've got that feeling that that's kind of yeah, a good a good way to point me in the right direction. Yeah. And so on that, you know, before we were talking about creative process, um, I'm interested to explore, have you recognised, because I feel like, I mean, that's why this podcast exists. Art is such a great way to get to know yourself. And uh, I have always implemented bits of creativity in my um, retreats and stuff because it allows us to become the observer. You know, we have some level of um, awareness that we're creating, but it's not necessarily, you know, us that is doing the creating yeah if that makes sense that's that getting lost in it kind of piece isn't it like you're there you're there and you're creating but you're not like mentally trying to control the whole thing there's an element of surrender I guess maybe yeah um so I'm wondering like while you're creating have you recognized any kind of process and I guess I ask this question because you know, for me, I've I've kind of been playing with this idea for a while and I notice that I hit up against the same things each time I go to create something. So yep. I'll um I'll start, it'll be feeling all good, I'm really excited about it. And then it kind of starts to get to this point where it looks like it's all falling apart and I'm like, oh fuck, what's happening? Like I it was going well and now like look at it it's turned to shit how am I going to save it like this overwhelm kind of comes in and then if I keep going it always comes back and turns into something that's okay so that's kind of like you know I I know that when I go to create something I'm going to hit up against this wall of fear and doubt and can I do this and then eventually I'll I'll end up creating something so what is your kind of process what have you learned about yourself as you've been you know the way that you approach life through art? Um, I guess that for me, like when I'm creating a piece, I like to have a feeling when I start. So I'm like, what do I want this piece to feel like? So it might be like peacefulness or stillness. And, And then I might put music on 
or essential oils or something like that to reinforce that feeling through, you know, through your senses. So it's, um, and then I'll use colours that will, that for me, re- reflect that feeling for me. And I guess when you're doing a piece then and you're immersed in it for that amount of time, it does kind of feel like it transports it into your life. So it's, mm. I'll feel however I've wanted to feel in that painting. And then I love my painting because every time I look at it, I feel that way. And then to be able to have other people say they feel that way too when they see it, that kind of blew me away when I first started doing this. It was like, oh, wow. You know, I'm able to connect with people in a way that I've never been able to before. So um, That's beyond language. That's it, yeah. So sometimes if I'm feeling hurt or, you know, just life happens that you um, – you get thrown a curveball or something like that, I'll always turn to my art and start creating and nearly using that feeling as a, I guess, a springboard Mm. to creating a piece. Like, well, how do I really want to feel? And it sounds like also an anchor through the creating. Yeah, definitely. And it's um, because, I mean, even in the last 12 months, I can think of times when I've felt really crap or somebody's made me feel really crap and I'll just turn to my art because I'm like I I understand it I feel safe there I know what to do and you create this amazing piece and then it connects with all these people and I'm like this is so cool I love this (laughs) yeah and I mean it actually speaks very um I guess highly to the I the power of setting an intention right because that's really what you're doing when you're um when you're deciding how you want to feel is, you know, setting an intention. And then the power of that means that then you go about creating something really intentionally to bring that feeling about. And then, of course, it's going to connect to other people. Yeah. It's so funny. When when I started to go back to singing, uh, my first lesson, and I actually have a Carlosophies episode that – that highlights this, was how, how, how that feeling that we, you know, that yeah, that that being anchored in some kind of feeling or being okay with expressing that kind of feeling, the energy connects with people, right? So yeah. it's like um, I recorded uh, Carlos of his episode at my first singing lesson and the first song I had to sing Let It Be. And the first time I sang it, I was all in my self-doubt. I was all in that I need to get this right. I was all, you know, in the mind, creating yeah. from the mind Yep. And we went through a process and ended up connecting emotionally, which hadn't felt very safe for me. And then in the second version, I sang from an emotional energetic space, you know, from feeling the song and feeling the intention behind it and sharing my story through the song. Yeah, And you can feel the difference. I've played it in um, you know, when I've been public speaking or whatever. And people yeah. actually are like, oh my God, the well, first yeah. one, yeah, it's pretty and it's okay. But the second one I was covered in goosebumps and it moved people. So it's actually like, it's like there's this unseen energetic transfer that happens. Yeah, it's tangible thing that we even find hard to describe. Yeah. And it's kind of, it defies logic, right? Because you're kind of yeah. like, oh, bullshit. Like you're if, you're an, if you're anti, where you're like, oh, fuck off. Yeah, yeah. whatever. But but it's undeniable. It's yeah. why things move us because we're, we're the person who's creating it is deeply connected to something, yeah. an emotion, 
that we can connect to. And that's the power of amazing art. And I think that's like maybe that's why, you know, I've so intently followed your journey over the the period because I can feel you in the art. Um, And that's a beautiful thing to be able to share yourself with the world. Yeah, I love that about it because I did, and I had a friend who, who was actually my art therapist. She said, um, and I loved this. She said, Sancha can say so much in a picture. So it's just even sometimes when there's a way I don't want to feel, I'm like, how do I want to feel? Like you were saying that intention and being able to turn it. And it might, it's not always a full artwork. It might be, you know, just a little sketch or something. And it's sort of I've been able to use that to change my day or change my moment. Or if I look at that again, it kind of um, it can remind me of how I wanted to feel. Yeah, and so powerful because I feel like part of the block that a lot of people have creatively is the same thing that I've experienced when it comes to like those traditional art-type avenues like painting or sculpture or um, drawing uh, when we're like for for you, I mean, you're an amazing illustrator. You are an am- amazing artist, and what you create is beautiful. But at the end of the day, it's not even about that. Mm. You know, it doesn't it doesn't matter what it looks like. It's yeah. how it makes you feel. And yeah. you can have you can have a really fucking ugly singer impact you in ways that. A beautiful singer never could because they're not deeply connected they're to not, that. Yeah, haven't got that. Yeah, so it's not necessarily about how good the art is. It is about yeah. how the art makes us feel, and I guess the art makes us feel the way the artist intended us to feel, or yeah. connected to some something in them to create that, and then give the, you know, the viewer or um, I don't yeah. even know what do you call someone who's looking at art. Yeah, viewer. Rece- yeah, viewer. The receiver. Yeah. <laughs> give them the give them the space to to connect from their own stories and their own truth to what you've created from that yeah. place. It's a beautiful gift. It does, and I think art does invite us to feel something, and that it's not always comfortable. Mm. And that's what I've noticed. Like with some art, it makes you feel really like yeah, uncomfortable. And I actually can I appreciate that now after doing it, and I'm like, wow, I really you know I like that. I like that that can do that. <laughs> yeah, totally. It, it and what like I mean it speaks volumes to how society is these days in that we yeah, we don't encourage feelings and we don't necessarily encourage creativity, but they are the things that that is the the fabric of life. It's what makes yeah, life so worth living. Yeah, they're kind of yeah, woven through everything, aren't they? And mm. we kind of I don't know, I guess academically and that we kind of nearly discourage it. <laughs> yeah, totally. So just wrapping up, have you got any um, kind of, I guess, not necessarily a challenge because it sounds like a some kind <laughs> of insurmountable mountain, um, but some kind like an, an offering or an invitation, that's probably a better word, an invitation for people to start exploring their own creativity. What would you say to, well, actually this is twofold. What would you say to those who have this little artist within them, but they haven't given them the space or time to explore that? Let's start there. I guess start to have fun. Like, um, something that was suggested to me was just remove any obstacles. So, I mean, we often go, if that's too hard, I won't do it. So um, for me, it was just I had a pen and a sketchbook beside my bed 
So I would get up and I would just draw. Or you might have, you know, coloured pencils. What colour do I feel like today? I'm going to cut, you know, do a doodle or something in that colour. And it doesn't have to be anything. It can just be a scribble or a drawing or putting something down. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't have to be beautiful. I just sat down the other day. You know, I've had like a a really full-on few weeks personally and was finding myself in a really not good place. And so it was just grabbing watercolours and drawing random shit and just allowing it to go wherever and then sharing it because, you know, a lot of people create the stuff and never share it with the world because they're judging what they've created. Yeah. (laughs) And they're like, oh, this is too shit for people to see, you know, or or whatever. (laughs) And it's like, yeah. We need to see. We need to see more shit art. You know, we yeah, need to see yeah. more things that you've judged as, to do it exactly. <laughs> because because for me, if I was looking at your work and you know and and seeing it in all of its beauty, and then I know I could I can't create like that. That's not my. That's not the gift that I was given. But it's not going to stop me from exploring creativity and sharing my shit art with the world, yeah. because. Every because it's so important for us to have yeah. those outlets. I mean, could we liken it to like karaoke in that we yes. don't have to be good to participate and enjoy it? I guess absolutely. <laughs> and sometimes, if you've ever been to karaoke, and let me tell you, I've been to a fucking lot of karaoke <laughs> in my time. The best ones are actually the people who are really, really unapologetically shit. Yeah, you know? <laughs> they have no. We can enjoy no, it too. That's yeah. it. <laughs> That's it. They're, they're, they're not hitting the high notes. Let me tell you, yeah. they're just up there singing completely out of tune and loving it. Yeah. And that's the shit that moves us because yeah. they're they're in it, right? <laughs> but it's so awesome to see, like even if you're driving along in your car and you see someone just like belting it out at the top of their lungs and they're just like having fun. <laughs> yeah, totally. Just being unashamedly, yeah. however shit you are, just sharing it with the world yeah. instead of holding it back and judging Doing yourself. Doing it anyway. It. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. So if, um, so if people want to connect with you and have a look at the uh, incredible art that you create in the world um where can they do that where can they find you what are the best places um probably the best place is via my website and then um my website from there i mean instagram probably gives the best visual overview of everything that i'm on facebook as well yep and is it just under your name uh yeah so on facebook and instagram it's just under art by sancha yep yeah, and my website's just the sancha.com.au. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for your candidness and your um yeah, and your openness. Yeah, and thanks. for like for putting out your incredible work into the world because I know it has been such an honor and a pleasure to watch you, like I said before, develop and see your journey through through the eyes of an artist. It's like yeah, the work that you do in the world is just stunning. So thank you for, you know, moving through your own shit and putting it out there. Thank you. <laughs> that means a lot. <laughs> and that's a wrap. Go to carlynimo.com to find ways to connect to your creativity and live life on your frequency. Until next week, make some 